0: Love,
1: talk Radio. Welcome to episode 269 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Saturday, August 11, 2012. It's Saturday night again, kids, on tonight's show. I'll be talking about stuff from the past week, some news stories that are news to me, but I have to tell you, right at the top of the show, this is the most unprepared show ever. I might even melt down during this show, have a meltdown. And if I get this phone call during this show tonight, I'll just have to stop everything and, and end it right now. But hopefully I'll get through it. So stay tuned. All of that silliness and a lot more coming up on episode 269 of the, uh, of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. This is called It's News to Me, and it begins right now. about medicine and social media. This is the Family Medicine Rocks Podcast. Hello, party people out there. On a Saturday night, I am your host. My name is Mike Savilla, Family Medicine's bad boy. I have no idea what that means. (laughs) Uh, What is this show about? This show is about uh, me being a family physician, and this is by a family physician for the growing family medicine community, of which you are now a special part of just by listening to this very show. Hey, uh, check out my digital library of stuff at FamilyMedicineRocks.com. And a big shout-out to everybody following me on Twitter. All 9,961 people following me on Twitter, reaching that 10,000 follower mark. I'm looking forward to that. And a big shout-out to everybody uh, who liked the uh, Facebook page of the show, all 454 of you out there. Thank you so much for that. Today is Saturday, August 11. It is 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight time, and here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters, it is sixty-five degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, hey, I encourage you out there if you like this show, <laughs> appreciate you checking the time out for it, uh, subscribe to the iTunes feed. Just find, find us on iTunes, hit subscribe, you can get the, you can get the show anytime. And uh, if you want to want to get real time alerts on this show, just go to the Blog Talk Radio site, blogtalkradio.com. And uh, you can sign up, you can get email alerts just instantly, right before this live, this show goes live. I know, it's very exciting. <laughs> uh, how is your week going out there, kids? It is, uh, I, I've been on this biking thing uh, for the past, I don't know, a few weeks. And uh, I'm really enjoying it, you know, and uh, getting into this biking thing and getting iPhone apps and uh, uh, really feeling better. Feeling better about myself getting more energy. It's it's been really cool out there. So um uh for those of you who have encouraged me to do biking for a while, I'm doing it now. So shut up. I'm just kidding. I'm really enjoying it. It's really uh it's a good time. Uh, and uh, tonight uh, we have uh we have some new stories here. Um it's just me here uh, tonight. Uh, if you listened to the, the last show, uh, um Cat is uh is working the night shift now, which begins during this show. So uh hey, I'm gonna be soloing it tonight. So I know you're all going to stop listening right now, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time here tonight and uh going through some news stories and uh just chatting. it's a short show here tonight, so uh um so we'll see how much information I can uh I can squeeze into this show here this evening. But first I want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me be a, a featured host on this network. Thank you so much for that, and uh, I've been a uh, social media hobbyist since uh, 2005, and if you're curious, yes, I'm a real doctor. I am a family physician in full-time private practice here in beautiful Northeastern Ohio, and uh, I will uh, take my break here, and I will continue with some uh, news stories here. I also have some audio clips of some news stories here, which uh, we'll also be uh, talking about here this evening, so thank you all for joining me. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the News to Me edition the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution, and also a proud member of the ProMed Network of Podcasts. You can get there by going to uh, ProMedNetwork.com. And uh, taking us to the break here is uh, my good friends out there uh, from the band called Revolve. It is a a tribute band out there. And you can find them at uh, RevolveBand.com. And uh, we will be right back after this. Show that is known as Radio Free Family Medicine. I don't know what that means, but uh, thank you so much for joining me. My name is Mike Savella. This is the news to me edition. Why? Because it's news to me, and it may not be to you, but uh, it's interesting stuff here that we're talking about on a Saturday night here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And I'm going to talk going to talk about some uh, Olympic stuff here tonight. Since it is the last the last uh, weekend. Of the Olympics, and I have it on on uh, one of my multiple screens here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters. And uh, but first, uh, I'm going to talk about yeah, just just some silly stories here. Just just some you know you know I don't I don't uh, <laughs> cover a lot of serious news here. This is just you know kind of a lot of entertainment type stories here, and uh, you know just just to. Just did you know some of this stuff? This first story is from ABC News. This is from Thursday, August 9, 2012. The uh, title is this. Man falls asleep on airport baggage belt goes through x-ray. I know, I know. The people who are listening to this show on mute or low, let me repeat this title of this article. Man falls asleep on airport baggage belt goes through x-ray. I'm not making this up here. The story goes like this. A photo that appears to be a man going through an x-ray machine is making the rounds on the Internet. A Norwegian tourist fall, fell asleep on a baggage belt at Rome's airport and traveled 160 feet before being identified by an x-ray scanner, the telegraph reported. A 36-year-old man whose name has not been released, you know why, because he's an idiot. That's my parenthetical addition to that. Was due to check in into a flight to Oslo, but found no one on duty at the airline desk. He left across the counter and fell asleep across the baggage belt with his bag beside him, the paper reported. The man then traveled for 15 minutes through the secure baggage area before being spotted on an X-ray scanner by airport officials. An airport police officer then denied the incident, showed cracks in security. Of course he would deny it. Duh. And it seems this kind of incident is not terribly unusual among, quote, drunks or people with psychological problems, unquote. He's probably a a politician. (laughs) In fact... The paper also reports the official is saying this kind of thing happens about once a year. The Italian paper reported the man was intoxicated, duh. The man also reportedly carrying a backpack and a beer at the time of the incident. He was taken to a hospital because of exposure to the x-rays and is facing charges. (laughs) You know what's funnier? is uh, some of the comments at this ABC news site. This is I guess this is from uh, Good Morning America. First well, the first one I see here says this is one way to avoid lines. Check yourself as baggage. <laughs>
2: uh
1: so next time you're going to uh Rome's airport, make sure that you uh check yourself in. And I don't know uh if you have to uh you know pay uh, if you count as luggage, you know, do, do, do you have to, you know, pay between twenty and fifty dollars uh, to um, have yourself ride in the uh, in the baggage hold? Somebody find out uh, that for me and uh, post it to uh, uh The next story here, I know, it's just it, it, it's just, the hits keep coming. How about this? This is from Yahoo News. This is from Friday, August 10, 2012. Here's the title. Wait for it. Wait for it. Here it is. Four bears break into cabin, drink 100 beers. I'm not making this up, kids. This is, this is serious new stuff here. Four bears break into cabin, drink 100 beers. The story goes like this. A mother bear and her three cubs broke into a Norwegian cabin this week, reportedly drinking more than 100 beers, eating all the food, even knocking over a wall. The owner said this, quote, they had a hell of a party in there. Uh, If I had a Norwegian accent, I would do that, but I don't. The entire cabin was destroyed. (laughs) The owner, the owner says paw prints on the cabin windows and bear excrement outside the dwelling leave little doubt they were responsible. And besides, your average criminals don't typically break down a wall when a front door will just work as fine his mother and grandmother uh, were first on the scene finding an entire cabin ransacked including a set of destroyed appliances the owner said this the beds and the kitchen appliances stove oven and cupboards and shelves were all smashed to pieces i bet they were ABC News adds that along with the 100 beers, the family of bears also reportedly ate all the food inside the cabin, which included <laughs> which included uh, chocolate-spread honey, of course, and marshmallows, you know, just the bear essentials. I didn't write that. that was in the article. And perhaps worst of all, the owner is worried that the family of bears might return for a follow-up engagement. The mother has taken her young bear, thus there is no guarantee it won't happen to other cabins or to our hut, again, the owner said. There may have been a recent unexpected, (laughs) there have been a recent uh, unexpected bear appearances. Earlier this week, a black bear walked into the lobby of a New Mexico resort. The incident was captured on the resort surveillance camera, but the bear was backed out the same door before authorities arrived on the scene the last paragraph goes like this and back in April a family of bears walked into a Pennsylvania news weather set rummaging around freely while the meteorologist hid away in a side room continuing the broadcast (laughs) I have to read this story this is awesome. Uh, here's the related story. This is from Tuesday, April 24, 2012. Family of black bears invades a local news set. <laughs> this ought to be good, too. WNEP-TV meteorologist Kurt Aaron was on the set ready to deliver the newscast at 11 p.m. when he spotted in an uninvited guest on the set, a large black bear. I heard the sound, and I turned around, and the bear was literally 10 feet in front of me, the meteorologist said. And I ran like I stole something, I'm not going to lie. I want to know what he stole. Can we bring up charges on this guy? I don't know. The mother bear and the three cubs walked into the outdoor weather set in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The family of bears continue to walk through the outdoor set, which is built to resemble an actual forest. Gets better. (laughs) Black bears have been known to venture outside their natural forest habitat when searching for food, particularly in places occupied by people. They walk right up to me, black bears. Look how mama bear is, the guy said, while the bears continued to walk in front of the cameras. This guy did eventually give the weather forecast, but off camera while hiding behind a door that leapt him from a safe distance from these surprised visitors. <laughs> so tomorrow's gonna be sunny and uh only a ten percent chance of rain. Oh, there's some bears in here. We will cut to commercial and be right back. <laughs> uh here here's the money shot. Here's the quote here. The meteorologist said this, no offense, but I don't want to be doing the weather with four bears. You can all make your own joke. Right here. Let me click on this other bear story here because uh that's the beauty of the internet. <laughs> oh, that's the same story. <laughs> Oh, man, nothing like bears. So you build a set that looks like a forest, and you're surprised when bears show up. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. Next story goes to uh, Columbus, Ohio. This is uh, from our friends at the Columbus Dispatch. This is from Wednesday, August eighth, 2012. Here's the title. Wait for it. Columbus Teen Collapses After a Four-Day Xbox Binge. I'm not making this up here. Columbus Teen Collapses After a Four-Day Xbox Binge. Tyler Rigsby found his breaking point. After a four-day-long video game binge, the 15-year-old Northside resident collapsed. Rigsby was holed up in his room playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare, game on his Xbox, breaking only to sleep for a few hours here and there or to guzzle Mountain Dew and grab snacks. I'm I'm not making this up, people. This is this is what's happening out there. When he finished yesterday, he and his mother went to his aunt's house at about 5.30 a.m. There he collapsed around 8.30 a.m., falling into his aunt's television. After picking himself back up, Rigsby passed out again. That time he was very pale, Mom said. He said, Mom, I just need to go home and get some sleep. He walked out the door and started stumbling everywhere. The kid's sister called 911 after he collapsed a third time outside the house. Medics pumped fluids into him and took him to the Ohio State University Medical Center, where he was released a couple hours later. He's a very healthy kid. Nothing like that ever happened before, Mom said. I never in a million years thought that a video game would involve his health. (laughs) Here's the last line of the article. Rigsby unplugged his Xbox upon returning home. Wow, that was really nice of him. (laughs) And some of the comments here are uh, interesting as well. Of course, playing video games for four days straight and chugging Mountain Dew is bad for anyone's health. I don't think video games are all bad, but kids should at least be doing other activities and getting out of the house some, but not at 530 in the morning. Is his mother a nurse or something? I'm confused why a parent would let this happen. Here's another comment. She never thought sitting around on your butt all day playing video games could affect your health mother of the year. (laughs) Oh, man. Some of the great stuff happening here in the Great State. Of Ohio, the Buckeye State. This state is going to determine the next president. And we have kids playing Xbox for four days. Aren't you? Aren't you scared out there, people? Should be scared out there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Uh, let's uh, let's move into a little Olympics news here. And uh, I got this uh, article from uh, CNN. And you may have seen some of that tape out there that all these uh, athletes are using, and they're called—it's called the uh, Kineso tape. I think I'm pronouncing that right, maybe not. <laughs> this is from uh, Saturday, August 11th. Today, it's called Kineso tape, the latest Olympic accessory. This is from CNN.com. Beach volleyball players, particularly Olympians, are all around the world, known for their incredible skill with the ball, they've also been known for wearing those skimpy uniforms, which I haven't really noticed. Okay, maybe I have. Now for something that's covering their skin is getting a lot of attention. It's called kinesio Tape. The tape has been around for decades, but during the London 2012 Olympics, it has been spotted stretching and spiraling in interesting patterns on some athletes. Silver medalist Trey Hardy had a big black piece snaked up his legs in the decathlon. A German beach volleyball star wore blue bits of it running up and down her six-pack abs, which I didn't notice. <laughs> Even ping pong players are wearing it, ping pong players. With its Olympic popularity, athletic trainers uh, say you can bet you will see a lot more tape at your local gym or the local playing field this year. Of course, high school students will be doing this as well. Uh, a uh, Rhode Island athletic trainer who's on the board of the National Athletic Trainers Association says he received a call Friday from a patient about the tape. She said she's been watching the Olympics, saw the tape and wondered if she should buy it. I definitely think I'll be getting a lot more of these calls in the next month or two. I've been getting a lot of calls about this as well. He says he keeps the tape uh, as a tool to improve uh, balance in athletics. says it keeps to prevent, uh, Excessive protraction injuries in labor insurance shoulder problems, activities involving playing tennis. It can can limit activity for somewhat. The article goes on to say if you put uh, the soft and stretchy cotton tape in the right area, uh, it will pull your skin when you start to extend your arm, reminding you not to, because the tape is thin and pliable. It's different from athletic tape. That kind of tape uh, keeps the joint from moving. Even a Japanese chiropractor and acupuncturist designed the taping method in 1979, according to his company. He thought the uh, standard taping methods of the time were too restrictive. And he wanted a more flexible tape. So I think, I think you're going to be seeing this more and more. I think it's going to be kind of the fad, especially here in the United States, because you know, we're winning all these gold medals now, and uh, everybody wants to look like an Olympian. So uh, instead of working out, you will put on the tape and uh, say, hey, <laughs> I am an Olympian now because I have the tape. Now, I mean, you know, I'll be doing this too, so <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just saying this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and, you know, hey, women's beach volleyball, uh, it's riveting, riveting television. Let me tell you. That and women's uh, field hockey. I'm just saying. Any uh, comments? Go to uh, FamilyMedicineRocks.com, and you can uh, yell at me uh, over there, or you can uh, yell at me on Twitter. Um, I'll, uh, pretend to, uh, I'll pretend to I'll pretend to listen to it. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, let's see here. I do have some uh, I do have some audio clips here, uh, so it's uh, cool stuff here. Let's uh, let's start out with uh, start out with women's soccer. I watched this the other night and uh, I watched it live, and then I was so excited I watched it on the NBC delay. I know. Can you believe that? Here is a news story from our friends at the Associated Press. Yeah, America!
3: Woo! American fans are celebrating a gold medal in women's soccer. An Olympic record-setting crowd at Wembley Stadium was decidedly behind the red, white, and blue. 80,203 people saw Team USA win gold. It was
4: so exciting. It was so loud. But it just got everyone so pumped up, and that made it really exciting.
2: Fantastic. Most amazing experience of my entire life. Women's soccer,
3: USA number one. Carly Lloyd was an offensive star for the U.S., she scored on a header early in the first half and kicked in her second goal early in the second half. What do you expect out of her? You know she's a
2: world-class ah, player and and more uh, than
1: that she's a veteran and veterans show up in big games and this is a big game and Carly Lloyd was present.
3: The Japanese gave Hope Solo a workout in goal. Solo made single-handed saves to thrill the crowd and to give USA a two-to-one victory. Hope had a lot of shots, haven't seen her, haven't seen her take that many shots in this, this Olympics. It so it's great to see her get some, get some action and she did great, she defended that goal beautifully.
4: It's basically revenge against the Japanese because of the World Cup last year, so that it's, it's always sweet, sweet revenge, got to say, but it's true.
3: Even though this match was about redemption for the American women, they've owned this event. They've won gold in four out of five Olympics. Oh! Mark Carlson, Associated Press, Wembley.
1: So that was really cool. I mean, I, I saw the World Cup last year. Uh, you know, I watched the whole thing and I uh, was kind of bummed about it. And uh, uh, it was nice for them to kind of redeem themselves. Everybody loves a comeback and redemption redemptions type story whether it's in sports or in real life. Uh so good for them and a the shout outs all the uh all the uh, Olympic gold medalists out there, especially the women's teams. Um you know, gymnastics and and uh, water polo and basketball today and uh soccer and everybody else. I mean it's just uh, uh and I've been watching some of the other events. I mean some of it's kind of cool stuff. I I started I, started, I watched some of the judo um or watch some of the wrestling. There's BMX. BMX bikes in in the Olympics? Really? Really? Are you kidding me? I mean, come on. BMX biking. You know, I don't know. I just I really didn't get into that. Um, archery. We talked about archery last week uh, on the show. It's uh, it's the curling of the uh, of the Summer Olympics. I was really uh, really uh, excited about that and is really interesting uh but tomorrow was the the closing ceremonies here and uh you know, there was a lot of uh, feedback on the on the opening ceremonies and uh here's a report here from the associated press uh talking about uh the uh, closing ceremonies if i can find it and if i uploaded it hopefully uh hopefully i uploaded the thing maybe i didn't i thought i did maybe i didn't Well, that's kind of awkward, <laughs> but I do have a, uh, a, a report here uh, talking about the Summer Olympics in four years uh, in Rio here and uh, how they are getting ready for their games coming up in uh, less than four years. Here's the Associated Press
4: may be setting on the London Games, but in less than four years' time, it'll be rising over Rio. The city's Flamengo Park, currently popular with joggers, will host a number of Olympic events, including skating and cycling, sailing and beach volleyball. Players on the cerebral palsy football team train there now. Many of them will be in London soon to take part in the Paralympics. Team coach and member of Rio's Paralympic Organizing Committee, Paolo Cruz says he's expecting the best out of his city.
3: We hope that it will be a great event and that it won't only bring the medals that we Brazilians dream of,
4: but it will
3: also be recognized globally as one of the best events in modern
5: times.
4: Rio's Maracanã Stadium, first opened in 1950, is being renovated. At the Olympics it will be used for the opening and closing ceremonies and the football final. After the work is finished, it will seat more than 82,000 people. Long jumper Alessandra Lucena Fajaira da Silva is already training hard. She's been impressed with what she sees being done ahead of 2016. Well, they are reconstructing Maracanã.
6: It's going to be a great show, right? I hope everything runs well and that everything will be ready by then.
4: Alessandra lives in the favela, the shanty town overlooking the area, She says she hopes the Olympics brings health and safety improvements for the local people. At a recent news conference, the mayor told journalists work on projects agreed on with the International Olympic Committee has already begun. He said the city has many sports venues in place. It is pledging to improve public transportation to avoid potential for collapse during the games. Karen Sloan, The Associated Press.
1: I did find that report here for
4: the closing ceremonies. Here it is. If the opening ceremony was the wedding, then the closing will be the reception. That's the way the show's music director described it for the Daily Telegraph newspaper. The artistic director, Kim Gavin, has put on rock shows and the 2007 memorial concert to Princess Diana.
6: I wanted to make uh, a very uh, exciting after-show party. I wanted it to be a celebration.
4: Gavin plans to use the athletes, who played a more traditional role in the event two weeks ago, as a standing, milling audience for the main section of the show. He dubbed them the mosh pit. Music will play a big role. The Spice Girls, recently reunited in public to promote a West End show based on their songs, have been photographed dancing on top of black taxis in rehearsal. The Who have said they'll take part. London landmarks like Tower Bridge have been reconstructed for the set, according to the Daily Mail. Gavin described the opening as a tribute to the cacophony of London, with a soundtrack that includes the Kinks' Waterloo Sunset, which frontman Ray Davis is expected to perform. There will also be an eight-minute section created by the next Summer Games host country, Brazil. One of Gavin's big challenges will be to get set up for the ceremony. He's got 17 hours to move multiple sets, pyrotechnics, and thousands of volunteers from a parking lot to Olympic Stadium. Karen Sloan, Associated Press, London.
1: So so that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I haven't heard what NBC is going to do, the carrier of uh, the Olympics here in the United States whether they're going to, going to cover that live or have a live stream, or are they going to delay it? Probably they're going to delay it so they can insert commercials into the whole thing like they did uh, with the opening ceremonies. Um, but I think this will be the last uh, Olympics where they'll be kind of <laughs> allowed to do that because I think the public is just going to um, – you know, being an uproar about it. Now, I mean, to their credit, I mean, during the games, I mean, you know, they did have their live streaming through NBC and I was able to watch some of that, even though that was, you know, advertisement, advertisement laden with, uh, you know, stuff there. Uh, But, you know, I was able to watch a lot of live events there and then, you know, watch the replay in the evening when they repackaged the whole thing. Um, but uh, we'll see what they do with the uh, closing ceremonies. I haven't seen any uh, press on that. I mean, I probably missed it. Uh, but we'll see what they do with that. Um, let's see. So we have, we have about uh, we have about twelve minutes left here in this show here this evening. Um, now, of course, swimming was a huge uh, you know huge success for the uh, U.S. Olympic team. Uh, but here's a story here about a uh, a swimming pool. This is not Olympic related. This is a whole different type of story. This is from the odd news stories from uh, from Yahoo, <laughs> dated uh, Friday, August 10. Uh, the title is uh, Gravity Defying Swimming Pool Hangs Over a 24-Story Ledge with Transparent Glass Floor. That's right, 24-story uh, swimming pool with a transparent glass floor, floor. So you're looking down on it. The story goes like this. A hotel in China offers guests a a spectacular and unique view as they swim in a pool with a glass floor while dangling 24 stories above the busy Shanghai streets. I'm not kidding here. The Holiday Inn uh, there, Shanghai, uh, is what's known as a cantilever pool, cantilever pool, in which part of the pool extends beyond the ledge of the building. The cantilever engineering allows the pool to extend over the edge of the hotel's wall while being anchored only at one end. The engineering concept has been used on numerous objects, from far, from farmhouses to bridges. Even the airplane um, uses cantilever engineering. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but you don't see many examples of the structural design being applied to swimming pools, particularly not the ones with glass bottoms. Uh, CNN reports that the extended bridge gives swimmers a, a sense that they are traveling through the air while all pedestrians can view them from below. We want to provide our guests with a unique swimming experience, uh, and let them feel they're vacationing, even in a bustling city. A spokesperson for the hotel said, "The Holiday Inn says it sought a number of uh, professional designers, even airspace experts, before that building construction." You can view the uh, photo of the pool, which is uh, on this article here. Uh, to use the pool, you must be a guest of the hotel or a member of the gym. If you happen to be in the area, rooms in the hotel start at $125 a night, compared with the $2,400 annual gym membership. There are other cantilevered pools around the world. Uh, most are located in residential properties, but not so high up in the air. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I saw a picture of this, uh, and you could probably Google it, Intercontinental Hotels Group, the Holiday Inn, Shanghai. And uh, you can check that out there. That's uh Interesting way. I would never go there. <laughs> I mean, I would never swim in that pool. I would just get freaked out.
2: <laughs>
1: but you know, some people are into that. and That's not really just me. <laughs> um, okay, with less than ten minutes on the show here, uh, I'm going to be uh, maybe playing a couple stories here uh, to uh, to end the show here. It, um, anybody uh, track the, the Mars landing? I thought that was very cool this week. Here's a story from the Associated Press. We got thumbnails. <laughs>
5: NASA's Mars rover Curiosity has already wowed space enthusiasts by touching down safely and sending the first ever landing images from the red planet. But in the next few days, scientists say the best images are still to come. At a news conference, research scientist Ken Edgett got choked up as he described the hard work that will go into bringing the world unprecedented high-resolution views of the Martian destination.
2: waited a long time for this <laughs> to come back.
5: Agid has been working on the deployment of the robotic arm and camera called Molly that have been designed to send back the high-res images of Curiosity's surroundings. The Molly is on the end of a 2-meter long robotic arm and we can position Molly anywhere that arm can go. We can go straight up we can go all the way down to the ground, we can get within an inch of a rock or an inch of soil and take a close-up image that's about twice the resolution of the MI, the Microscopic Imager on Spirit and Opportunity. The rover gently touched down Sunday night after executing an elaborate and untested landing routine. After Curiosity plunged through the Martian atmosphere, spacecraft debris was shed and scattered along the planet's surface. Images sent back show the aftermath in what NASA says looks like a crime scene photo. The nuclear-powered six-wheel Curiosity will spend the next two years chiseling into rocks and scooping up soil at Gale Crater to determine whether Mars' environment ever had the right conditions for microbes to thrive. Scientists say the rover is in good shape and will be sending CRISPR images, including a panorama shot, over the next several days. John Belmont, Associated Press.
1: A lot of great pictures from that, and a lot of great Photoshop pictures <laughs> from that. I saw one with uh, Marvin the Martian. If you know who that is, Google him. You know, and I saw some uh, Star Wars pictures of uh and then I saw some uh, Photoshop pictures of uh, aliens from the movie Aliens. Uh, so people are having a lot of fun uh, with this. And you know, if the Olympics were not on this week, I mean, I think this would be the lead news story everywhere uh, because it's just very cool how all that, uh, happened. So, uh, uh, did you know the, uh, swine flu was back? Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. The swine flu is back and there's some cases of it. And, uh, Here's a story from the Associated Press.
6: So the viruses are similar in some ways. and In, in, in the fact, they came from pigs. They can infect humans and cause disease in humans. The big difference between them is while H1N1, the pandemic virus, spread easily between humans and therefore caused a global pandemic, so far at least, the H3N2 variant virus spreads between pigs and humans but doesn't continue to spread in humans and therefore is less a risk to people who aren't exposed to pigs. One of the reasons we think this virus spreads so successfully between pigs and humans compared to other swine viruses is that the H3N2 variant virus has acquired the M gene, which is a gene from the pandemic virus that may allow it to spread more efficiently into humans and maybe among humans. The thing we worry most about when a non-human virus, influenza virus, enters a human host is that it would develop the ability to spread efficiently between humans. Right now, this virus, the H3N2 variant virus, only spreads between pigs and humans. We haven't yet seen the ability to spread efficiently or in a sustained way between humans. It's the time of year now when seasonal flu vaccine campaigns are ongoing. We wanna make sure that people know two things. First, get your seasonal flu vaccine. Flu is right around the corner. This is the best way to protect yourself against human influenza. The seasonal flu vaccine is not a good way to protect yourself against this variant virus. But that's okay, because we know the risk factor for getting this variant virus is exposure to pigs. And so you don't need the vaccine to protect you. We just need to ensure that you practice safe practices when exposed to pigs. Wash your hands, stay away from sick pigs, things like that should do the trick. Whenever a novel influenza virus enters a human population and causes disease, the first thing we think about is that it may develop the ability to spread efficiently between humans and maybe a pandemic risk. When that happens, what we do is start the process to make a vaccine against it, just in case we need it. We've started that process here. We've made a vaccine candidate. We've shared that vaccine candidate with manufacturers who have made some vaccine to be used in human trials this fall. What we know is that all the cases that have acquired this virus so far have been in close contact with pigs. And so the risk factor for getting this virus is direct or indirect contact with sick pigs, not from eating pig meat. And so safely prepared pork meat is not a risk factor for getting the disease. Uh,
1: So the cases include, this is from a print article from the Associated Press. It says, uh, recent cases include 113 in Indiana, 30 in Ohio, one in Hawaii, and one in Illinois, Um, and uh, a lot of it is associated with state fairs. A lot of state fairs are saying, do not pet the pigs, and uh, they're serious about that. Um, Pigs spread flu viruses just like people do with coughing, sneezing, runny nose, so people can get it by touching pigs um, or being near them. Health officials don't think it's necessary to cancel swine shows, but are urging people to take precautions, wash their hands, and, of course, get your flu shot uh, this year. So there might be more stories about that coming up um, in the uh, next, uh, you know, few weeks here. Uh, let's see. We've got three minutes left here. And um, the last story we have, uh, it's a nice story here. This is a, about uh, – A babysitter and uh, how how the babysitter's life was saved by the brothers, the small kids, uh, that she was babysitting here.
0: Uh, Here is the uh, story from the Associated Press.
2: I felt like I saved a life that day.
0: In New York, a babysitter suffers a seizure while swimming in this pool. She turns blue and goes unconscious.
2: Is he out of the pool? No, no, she's not out of the pool, the victim. Okay. Not out of the pool.
3: Hold on, stand the phone for me.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> the two brothers she was watching called 911.
2: We were both afraid that she was going to die. It was really scary because we both didn't know it was going to
0: happen. The boys managed to get the babysitter to the pool steps. They kept her head above water and started CPR until paramedics arrived.
2: Calmed us down and said, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry, you guys did a great job of not letting her drown.
0: The brothers are being recognized as heroes, and their parents say they couldn't be prouder. What to do in that moment
2: was really tremendous. I mean, they were so cool and uh,
0: composed, even if they were scared. Meantime, the babysitter is out of the hospital and doing well. Ed Donahue, The Associated Press.
1: So how about that? Kids, end the show here tonight. It's a, it's a nice story. Everything, everything ended up okay there. So, so that's nice. Uh, so that ends my show here. This quick show here this evening. Thank you all uh, for joining me. Check out my uh, digital library of stuff at uh, familymedicinerocks.com and uh, follow me on Twitter. And uh, like the uh, Facebook uh, page for this show, it's all at familymedicinerocks.com. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, who has just been, you know, very um, your all your support for this show. These last couple shows, I mean, the downloads have been huge. You know, for me, you know, for me, you know, 1,500 downloads is just a huge amount. Uh, I'm just so overwhelmed that and uh, other shows are in the hundreds and it's just uh i really really appreciate that i really appreciate you listening to the show live or if you're downloading it or visiting the website um follow me on twitter um all that type of stuff uh, thank you so much uh for all of that i am just humbled by the support that i have for all of my uh, social media work thank you so much for that uh, my name is mike savella there's no we're closing uh music here tonight uh I'm not sure when the next show is going to be. Just uh, stay tuned to uh, com or my Twitter site or even right here at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash fammedrocks. Have a great rest of the weekend, everybody, and we will all talk to you very soon. Good night, everybody.